0: hey it's great to be able to share with you today I've just got a few thoughts around this Easter season Um, and you know Easter is normally an exciting time it's a very chocolatey time it's a time where we usually do egg hunts and things may look very differently this Easter time for you I know it certainly does for us but you know Easter is a really important time to us as Christians and Generally, when we do Easter and it comes around in the calendar, does it actually change before and after? I think for most of us, the only change that we get from before Easter to after Easter is maybe we've eaten a little bit too much chocolate and put a little bit of weight on. but. You know, for that that first Easter time that happened in Bible times, there was a massive and a humongous change that happened from before to after Easter. Before Easter people were trying to work out all the things that they did wrong. They were trying to do it in their own strength. They were trying to deal with their own sin and the things that they had done wrong and trying to find ways so that they could get close to God again. And then we, we Jesus comes onto the scene and, and he lives this amazing life and shares some amazing ways that we can live our life. And then we get to Good Friday where he's crucified. And And those who knew Would have been terrified. They ran away, they disappeared. None of them dared to stay around. Only a few were actually there at his crucifixion. And then there was the time of nothingness in between. The shock at what had happened, the wondering about what was to come. And then suddenly we get to Easter Sunday. And for those of you who are Christians, you'll know that Easter Sunday is a real time of celebration. It may just be a time of chocolate for you, but whatever it is, it's an exciting day that brings gifts and gladness. But on that first Easter, there was still so much confusion and so much wondering at what had happened. You get Mary running back from the tomb saying, Jesus is alive. You get the disciples, some of them running back again to the tomb and wondering, Where's he gone? What's happened? Some of them meeting with Jesus, some of them believing, some of them doubting, some of them not knowing and wondering. That first Easter Sunday was not necessarily the most exciting and exuberant Sunday because there was still an awful lot of wondering, is Jesus really alive? Is what he said really true? Some of you may find yourself like that today, wondering, is Jesus really the Son of God? Is Jesus really risen from the dead? I don't know. Well, maybe as we look through this morning and talk together, I may be able to give you some things to help you on that journey of deciding and wondering that. You know, an Easter for the disciples would have been a mammoth day. It would have completely confused them and blown their minds until they hit that point where they saw Jesus they stood in a room with him where they saw him go back up to heaven where they were filled with the Holy Spirit and suddenly they had an A a braveness and and a boldness that they'd never known before. They were no longer just subject to their own doubts and their own fears. But because God came and lived within and by his spirit, they suddenly felt bold and excited and capable and able in a way that they'd never felt before. Can I encourage you this morning, if you're a Christian and you've never invited the Holy Spirit to live in you, you can do that today. You can have that boldness and that assurance and that confidence that he brings All you need to do is ask. So I want to read to you from Romans 6, verses 6 to 14 in the message. But just before I do, I want to remind you... Easter in everything that it brought from that original time was a turnaround, it was a game changer, it was a life transformer and that still stands today. Knowing what Easter brings to us and what the revelation of what Jesus did can change our lives, can transform our circumstances, can completely change how we live and how we outwork everything. So let's read together. Romans 6 verses 1 to 6 in the message and it says this could it be any clearer our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ a decisive end to that sin miserable life no longer it sins every beck and call what we believe is this if we get included in Christ's sin conquering death we also get included in his life-saving resurrection We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourself wholeheartedly and full time. Remember, you've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. Could it be any clearer? That's how it starts. Could it be? be any clearer. And you know, sometimes I think, actually, yes, it could. What does all that actually mean? What does it mean to come from that that place where we're bound and held to the place where there's life-giving freedom to live in? Sometimes I don't think it is clear to us and we don't necessarily always live that way It's a little bit like those magic eye pictures I don't know whether you remember them if you don't maybe you could google it to see what I mean and There's a, there's dots and dots and if you look at it long enough and hard enough and squint at it enough Suddenly an image comes out of the page and when you've seen it you can't unsee it It's always there and that's the journey we need to go on. Maybe you don't know Jesus and you could begin that journey until Jesus comes alive to you. Maybe you do know Jesus and it's about going further with God. So, so that power, that life that comes with his resurrection can live in us more, that we can live by it even more than we do so now. And it's about once we've seen it, once we've grasped it, once we fully understand it, once it's revealed to us, it can't be unseen. So this morning I want to help us to go on that journey where Jesus is revealed to us in a whole new way, on a whole new level. And I've got six questions to help you to consider where you're at and to wonder what you can do in those stages. So here we go. Question number one. Are you included? Jesus sin conquering death and life-saving resurrection. Are you included in it? You know, crucifixion was one of the most agonizing deaths that could ever be. It was distressful, it was difficult. And it can be hard sometimes when we don't feel included, when we don't feel a part. But you know, Jesus wants you to be a part. He wants you to be a part through the good and the bad Things may be difficult for you at the minute. Things may be going okay. Things may be overwhelming for you. You know, when Jesus died on that cross, he took all that with him. He understands and he wants to say to you, you are included with him in the good and in the bad. And he wants to be included with you, that he is with you, that he doesn't leave you, that you can take him into all those circumstances and situations Are you included? All you have to do is make that choice, make that decision. I want to be included. I want to be included in this life that Jesus offers. I want it to be included more in my life than it is at the moment, so that things don't affect me so much, so I can be positive, so I can look for the good, so I can trust and have hope, because at the minute I might not have any. Are you included? And if you're not, look at ways that you can be included. The second question I've got for you is this. Who's got the last word? I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, the one thing my dad constantly said to me was about not having the last word. It was not a good thing that I constantly had an answer for everything, that I constantly tried to answer back. And I remember him time after time after time telling me, you don't have to have the last word. You don't have to have an answer for everything. Stop answering back. And you know, there are some times when having the last word is actually a good thing, though. And one of those times is that last word that death It's said in Romans 6, death no longer has that last word over your life. When things are difficult, when things are tough, when you're knocked down and pushed down, that no longer has to have the last word over your life. But Jesus' resurrection power, Jesus' love, Jesus' healing, Jesus' hope, Jesus' freedom can have that last word and encourage you and inspire you and lift you up. Who's got the last word in your life? Because if it's not Jesus... Can I encourage you this morning, go on a journey either to get to know Jesus or to move on in your relationship with him so he does have the last word over everything in your life and that sin and death no longer do. The next question I've got for you is this, who are you dependent on? You know, many of us are dependent on many things. And in these uncertain times, it shakes the very foundation of a dependency. We could be been dependent upon a job, on finances, on our relationships, on family, on community groups that we have. And the very core of that has been shaken. Can I remind you, Jesus was dependent on God for his resurrection. And if Jesus, in going to the cross, in dying that death, in going down to death and hell, had to depend on the power of God to raise him up again. He understands that feeling of fear that we have when we have to depend on others and other things. That fear that we can have sometimes when we think, I'm not in control of this anymore. I've I've, I've got no hold on it. I need to have some control on it so I I know everything's going to be okay. And when those things are stripped away, like such a time as this... The only thing that is stable and true is God himself can I encourage you depend on him Jesus depended on him when he went to the cross trusting in God that he would raise him up again that he would come back that everything would work out to plan God has got that same plan for you God wants to raise you and lift you again from those dark places from those difficult places from those places of fear and anxiety God wants to raise you off depend on him trust on him he is a sure foundation he will not let you fall he will not let you slip he will hold you underneath his everlasting arms let go and let God the next question I've got for you then is this do you know the same power and it talks about in that scripture that the same power that brought Jesus back from the dead it lives in us there's that same power that brought Jesus from that sin conquering death into a life-saving resurrection. So where sin conquers you, where death pushes you down, Jesus wants to move you from that place and to move you to a place of life-saving resurrection. There is hope, there is freedom, there is a new way for you to come. And I've got a few ideas about this, of how it can work. It's moving to that promise, that promise of power in your life. So God wants to take you from a place of death to life, from a place of where your past got hold of you, where relationships maybe are pulling you down, where fear and isolation just feel like they're finishing you off. God wants to take you to a place where he can restore you and he can refresh you and he can breathe new life into you where you feel like there's nothing left. God wants to take you to a, from a place of panic to peace where anxiety and stress are causing you to not know what to do and fear to creep up on you. God wants to take you to a place of rest, of quiet within his love, that you can know that he is there and that he surrounds you and that you can calm, calm your emotions and calm yourself. God wants to take you from fear to faith where, where maybe darkness surrounds you and you feel crippled by it, God wants to take you to a place where he is going to pour water upon the fire of your fears, where he will set you free and bring you to a place that no longer haunts you anymore. God wants to take you from a place of hatred to forgiveness. You know, if if you feel hurt and bitter about things that have happened in your past, maybe about things that are going on now. When you feel so full of emotion and just driven by it, God wants to take you to a different place where forgiveness can rule and reign not only your actions, but your thoughts and your emotions too. God wants to help you and restore you. And God wants to bring you from a place of despair to joy where where maybe if if you just don't know what to do anymore, you you feel empty, you feel lost. God wants to bring to you that hope, that rainbow. That, that just says everything is going to be all right. It's not going to be like this forever. Let's trust God and believe that. That same power lives in us to be able to do all of those things. Can I encourage you? Keep striving to move from that sin, conquering death, to that life-saving resurrection. And allow God to help you. Allow people to help you if you don't know how and my fifth question is this you're living in freedom right you know we can be free but still be imprisoned we can be imprisoned emotionally maybe from things in our past maybe with fear but sometimes we can be imprisoned and yet be free and you know during this season of uncertainty and where we don't know sometimes where we can go and where we can't go and it can feel so like we're being trapped. Can I encourage you that, you know, learn from people who've actually been imprisoned People like Bonhoeffer, people like Brother Yun, Google the names, find out about them. They were people who were imprisoned and yet they found freedom in that place. If you feel trapped this morning, if you feel isolated this morning, if you feel like your past or things that are going on around you are imprisoning you and binding you down, there is still freedom to be found in that place. Nelson Mandela said this when he was finally, finally released from jail. As I walked out of the door towards the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind I'd still be in prison freedom's not necessarily about geography it's a state of mind it's how we choose to live and it's how we choose to think you're living in freedom right change your thinking help yourself move forward let Let those things that are binding you fall away and put them down and find things that will do you good and encourage you to be free. And so I'm gonna conclude with this final question. And now? So you may be sitting at home thinking, well you've said all of these things and they're all great, but what do I do now? How does that help me? I I, I see that, but what do I actually do? What can I practically do? I wanna just read to you an account. That's from the New Testament. And Jesus had been talking to crowds and crowds of people, and the crowds had been pressing in. So, what he did is he got into a boat that belonged to Simon Peter, and instead he taught people from the boat so that they weren't too close to him, so they weren't pressing in, so everybody could hear him. And this is what it says it's taken from Luke 5 four to five in the Good News Bible. It says, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, push the boat out further into deep water and you and your partners let down your nets for a catch. Master, Simon Peter answered, we worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I will let the nets down. I just want to touch on a few key words that scripture the first one being this when he finished speaking when he finished speaking sometimes we have to wait until Jesus is finished we talked at the beginning about Jesus on the cross when Jesus finished on the cross it was then that the power came it was then that our lives could be turned around it was then that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit and be helped to know that God is with us. When he finished speaking, Jesus has finished his work on the cross and because of that, we can live in freedom. We can live in that power that he offers us. We can be set free, we can be forgiven. There is healing for us, there is help for us. There is God's kindness to wash us. The next word I wanna focus on is on this. It's Jesus said to them, push the boat out further. In the New Kings James version, it says launch your boat out. Sometimes we just need to go. We've heard what, what Jesus is saying. We, we've, we've heard and talked about what it is to live and understand the freedom that we get through God. So many of us know these things, but then we do nothing. Can I encourage you? Push, launch, do something, go, move. Even when you're restricted, like like we are, it's surprising that there are so many amazing acts of love and kindness that we can show to one another to display God's love, to display his power, to let people know that Jesus can set them free. The next word I want to touch on is this deep. Jesus told them to go out into the deep waters. And for many of us, we probably don't know anything about fishing on the Sea of Galilee. But when I looked into it, If you were fishing on the Sea of Galilee, you fished at night and you fished in the shallow waters. You didn't fish in the day and you certainly didn't fish in the deep waters. And yet Jesus says to Peter during the day to push out into deeper waters and fish. And Peter understood That you don't fish in the day. He understood that you don't fish in the deep water. He even said to Jesus, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. But the key is in what he then says, if you say so, we will go and do it. Are you willing to go deeper? Go deeper with God. Go deeper with people. Allow that to help you as you move forward. The next word I want to say to you is catch can he encourage you? There is provision. There is the miraculous. There is more than enough for you in God. You may be feeling alone. You may be feeling isolated, but there is more than enough of God for you. If you would only catch hold of him, if you would only reach out, there are communities out there that want to help and support you. We are here. We want to help and support you Support you whether you come to this church or whether you've never been before if you're listening We are happy and would love to help you and connect with you and the final word I want to say to you this morning is team Jesus told them let down your nets and then we see in the next verse that they catch so many fish That they have to call to the partners to come and help them collect them that the boats nearly sink they catch that many fish We need other people. We need other people to help us with the load. And your load may be heavy in this season. Your load may feel like it's capsizing your boat, but there are other people who you can call to, who can come to your rescue and help you. People are there, let them support you, get in touch, stick together, communicate with one another. So what do we do now? We listen to what Jesus is saying. We, we follow what he's telling us to do, even though to us it may just seem, that's not how you do that anymore. That's not how you fish. And yet Peter chose to listen to Jesus and chose to do what he was saying because he knew that he knew better than him. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you this morning that you are with us. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you can take us from a place of of difficulty and death and despair into life and power and promise. Father God, I pray for those who don't know you. I pray that they would begin that journey and experience you in that way. I pray for those who do know you. I pray that you would meet with them and encourage them and take them on from glory to glory. God, I pray pray that you would be with us. God, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would speak to us in our practical need, just like you did with Peter, that you would provide for us, that you would send people around us to help us. God be near us, I pray, in this season. Amen.